There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Uh, Tonight, uh, real quick, I know you've been standing for a while, but stand up for a little bit. You've been sitting all day at that desk, and that's why your left butt cheek hurts, because you've been sitting all day. So, 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 so just stand a little bit longer. Uh, we're going to get into a, a teaching tonight that I began on the weekend. If I say epic. And uh, we talked about a life structured for success, and I wanted to give some practicality to that tonight. And so I want us to move in this. So your spirit's prepared because you let everything out you had. You can cry at every tear, snot at every tissue. So now you're ready. Touch your neighbor. Say, you're ready for the word now. Touch the other one. That was the wrong one. Touch them. Say, you're ready for the word now. Awesome. Hallelujah. Let's lift our Bibles high and make our confession of faith together. Uh, Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. One scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, same scripture we were in part one of this teaching. If I say epic, you've overcome a lot. You beat a lot of odds. Mm -hmm. Say, I am a testimony. Uh I I don't just write them and send them into the church. I am one. (laughs) Just shout that. Shout, I am one. Now, in this series, we're talking about applying small things that make a big difference. That's how you become epic. And Jesus desires for us to have epic lives. Say, God wants me to have an epic life. Can can I tell you, because some of y'all have been wondering why it it seems like all your life you've been catching hell. And it seems like all your life you feel like you've been having to fight. Can I tell you something? Just somebody, please understand. It's because an epic story really isn't epic unless it has low lows. Don't nobody want to hear you talk about my life's always been great. Everything's always been wonderful to end. No, somebody wants to hear that it was a day where you had a knife to your wrist, but God. Somebody wants to hear you were getting ready to throw in the towel, but God. Somebody wants to hear you used to be of this and of that and of this and of that, but God. The reason you had to go through what you've gone through is because God says, I want your story to be epic. And it's not epic if it's always been great. It's epic if you say, you know what, to be told, I've been to hell and back. But that's the key. I'm back. 
Ah, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his virtue. Father, I decrease tonight that you might increase. Speak to us that we might practically and pragmatically apply the word that you have so generously revealed and illuminated to us. We declare that we are ready to receive. The atmosphere has been prep, primed and it is ready for us to receive and be able to receive it in a revelational way so that it's not just information but it becomes something that spawns inspiration that produces transformation in every situation that we face. And so tonight, we thank you for it, that it's done in advance, and this next shout seals it in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout right there. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I want to jump right into this tonight. Uh, the word epic, we've learned, means heroic or grand in scale and character, impressive and remarkable. Uh, to be epic, we must begin to live intentionally instead of experimentally. And this often begins with applying small things that make a big difference. So from part one, I want to do a little review. Uh, I gave you three hinges. Say three hinges that were on this door to illustrate to us that small things make a big difference. And I showed you the front door to the White House which is now the most powerful seat of power on the in, in the entire world. What the president sets as the course for our nation often impacts the course of other nations. And so now to get to that power, I've got to go through a door, but I can't get to that door if the hinges on that door are out of order. So while we pay a lot of attention to the door, what's more important than the door are the hinges that the door is on, because if the hinges are broken, then the door is not going to be able to open and close. Are you still here? So I gave you three hinges. Hinge number one was, if you'll remember, big doors swing on what kind of hinges? Small. Say it with me. Big doors, big doors. swing on small, small hinges. Small hinges. I says, uh, according to the scripture we read in 2 Peter 1 and 3, if something is lacking in our lives, it's probably not God. It's probably our structure. Uh, you probably don't need more money. You probably need to learn how to work what you have. You probably don't need more friends. You probably need to learn how to do right by the ones you do have. You, you probably don't need more. You probably just need to fix the structure of what you do have. Touch your neighbor and say, fix your structure. Your structure is the sum total of your systems, and your systems in this analogy are the hinges that are on the door. Many people, not you, the, the you you used to be, uh, can't succeed because their lives aren't structured to because their systems are built to fail. Oftentimes, we learn dysfunction from dysfunctional people and then expect it to function for us, yet we get the same results they got, but it's the only thing we know to do. Until God sent you to a man called Bishop Foreman and a church called Harvest to teach you that there is another way. Touch your neighbor and say, there is another way. I'm here to tell you, I don't care that that's how your mama did it. It didn't work for her. God set you in the bloodline to be the interruption to her dysfunction or to the dysfunction of your bloodline. Touch your neighbor and say, there is another way. I know you think the only way you can have a long-lasting marriage is that y'all got to sleep in different beds because you're really sick and tired of them. But I'm going to tell you that was the way they did it. It doesn't have to be the way you do it. I know you saw people struggling with their credit all their life hoping that the Lord was going to make a way. But God's called you to have 750 plus. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. That'd be a good thing to receive. Maybe you don't know what the 750 is. That's called your FICO. That's your fair Isaac credit observation. That's what he says about your ability to pay other people back. I don't need a miracle if my credit can get it. Just an able to say, fix your system. You don't need the Lord to give you a breakthrough if you got some credit. That's right. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You don't need a miracle of healing if you eat right. Say, I'm the curse breaker. 
But nothing in your life is changing until your structure changes, and your structure won't change until your systems do. So that's what we're dealing with. And it's a very practical teaching we're going to go on today, so please take good notes. And if you're not a note-taker, please just look like a note-taker, because that'd be your first problem, is you trying to do everything off memory. Remember what, what was church about? Oh, man, it was, you know, more than anything. How, no, that's what we sang. That's not what I preached. <laughs> Watch this. Your success or failure in life is derived from your structure. Anybody want to succeed? Good. Touch your name and say, you look like a success. Tell them, say, you smell like one, too. <laughs> Which is the sum total of your systems. Now, don't confuse you with your systems. Your heart can be right, but your systems can be all wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Often our systems in life are foolish, counterproductive, and counterintelligent. Uh, there's an old Chinese proverb that says it's very difficult to fill a glass of tea that thinks it's already full. Touch your neighbor and say, your systems must change. Uh-huh. Now, question, do your life system support the kind of life you say you want? We looked at 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. The Apostle Paul said, uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, when I chose to leave boyhood and step into manhood, he said, I had to put away some childish things, which means now there's a very poignant principle illustrated here in the sacred writ. He says, there are some things we pray away, but there are some things we put away, and the vast majority of what you struggle with is not something that requires a prayer it requires an action I'm gonna say that again the vast majority of what you deal with in your life doesn't require a prayer it requires an action touch your neighbor say you're about to do something see because you've been settling for way too long you've been tolerating for way too long I'm talking to somebody tonight you've been sick and tired of being sick and tired for way too long God says I need you to come on here we used to say it like this back in the day I, it's about time for you to bust a move and busting that move y'all don't know nothing about that and busting a move means I'm getting ready to change the way I'm doing things so that I can experience what I say I really want now 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 say Lord show me what to put away some things you pray away, some things you put away. You don't have to pray away overeating. You just stop it. Amen. Now, watch this. Here, here, here's the caveat. Here's the caveat. Uh, perhaps even the conundrum, depending on your particular circumstantial situation. Watch this. Now, the caveat could be this, that if you eat to cope with rejection, then now we got to go deal with that rejection because you'll replace the eating with drinking or you'll replace the drinking with sex. Or you'll replace the sex with this or that or the other. It's there to try to fill some type of void. Got it? Okay. Now, 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 now. Say, Lord, Lord show me show what to put away. So I gave you the second hinge. You remember the second hinge? You must believe in God. Pretty straightforward, right? So we got hinge one on our door. We got hinge two on our door. We're going to get to the bottom hinge. Watch this. Most people's lives lack the structure systems that support their profession or belief in God or their love for God. If you really believe in God, he should be first, and your life should not be about your will, but about his will. Say, Lord, Lord my, life my life is about your will, about your will. Not, mine. not mine. Good. I just had you say that now, so you just obligated yourself. You just made a vow to the Lord. Gotcha. Psych your mind. John 5 and 30. Watch this. This is Jesus talking, and look what Jesus says. Now, Jesus is God in the flesh, but look what he says about himself. I can of myself do nothing. Now, this is an important revelation. Leave that verse there for a moment. Because Jesus wasn't saying he couldn't do anything. He said, my system is built that I only do what I see my daddy do. 
So if I don't see my father doing it, I'm not doing that. And that's the end of the discussion. Ain't nothing else for us to talk about. Jesus wasn't saying he couldn't do anything different. What he was saying is, is my system won't let me do it. You, you ever called in for, and asked somebody to give you, you paid a bill late, and you said, you know what, hey, listen, can you give me a little, you know, give me something? And they said, my system won't let me give you a credit for the late fee because the system stops me from doing that. In other words, the system wouldn't let the employee do something different than what the system wanted them to do. So Jesus said, I've set up my life with a system to where what he does, I do, and I can't do nothing different. My system won't let me. So let me talk to the single folk. The reason you keep struggling with the same time, why I keep meeting the same person? Because your system is broke, not the people you meet all the time. Because the question is, what attracted you to them and they to you? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. If you got a jacked up system, no wonder you can. It's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, a lot of catfish, but it ain't a lot of sharks. But if your system is set you to look at the bottom up, if your system keeps you down there looking, well, then no wonder that's what you find. Jesus said, my system is built to where I can't do anything except what he does. Not because I don't have the prerogative to do it, but I'm not Bobby Brown. It ain't my prerogative. It's his prerogative. He gets to do what he wants to do. And he don't. I cannot myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. As I hear, I judge. Another word for judge that could be used here would be act. And my judgment is righteous because, now, in other words, he's saying, I hear and I see what my father says to do. And then based on that, I act. And when I act, my actions are righteous or they are right because I'm not seeking what I want. I'm seeking the will of him who sent me. Now, most of us don't understand this because we live in a selfie world. And in a selfie world, you got 400 pictures of you sitting up there having lunch. You sitting up here on the bus. You sitting up here just getting that work. I don't want to see you all day talking about I just had my coffee. Where's your company? Where's your supervisor? Because they need to know you are wasting their time taking your pictures. You're stealing wages. Because you so put in that you worked all them eight hours, but you was selfieing. Now, 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 so because we live in a selfie world, right, we, we don't really get this concept. But if we were in the Bible, this would be a very simple concept because it was practiced widely. Can I teach you like your Bible college tonight? Uh, uh, because the script, the, the culture of the Bible was such that everything was predicated upon God. It was a theocracy. It was a God-ran system of government. It was not a democracy. We don't vote on what God says. We do it. We don't meet and have committee department meetings about what God says. We do it. We don't vote on what the pastor said. We do it. Now, that's the culture of your Bible. Everybody want to do the Bible? Well, in the Bible, it was very simple. It was a top-down structure. It was not, in fact, God, if you read your Bible, God would let people do sin, sin, carnal sin. He, he seemingly allowed them to do that for some years. But when the people rebelled, he'd instantly come in and judge them. But so what are you trying to say? The culture of the scripture was such that the young men, they didn't want to grow up and be businessmen. They didn't want to grow up and be basketball players or rappers or this or that. They wanted to grow up and be the rabbi. They wanted to be men of God. And so in the scripture, we see this illustrated throughout the text. We see it with Moses and Joshua. We see it with Elijah and Elisha. We see it with Paul and Timothy. We see it 
With Paul and Titus, you see it not only with the ones that are named, but with the ones that are not named because they would create things like the schools of the prophets. And then when it got more intimate and much more uh, revelatory as it related to what the will of God was, it became the sons of the prophets. So I'm not just making a student, but I'm making a son because a student knows what a son looks like. So what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that the culture of your Bible was such that submission was what the mission was. So today in our culture, we're to, well, I like this. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. Can I let you in on something? God does not care what you want. He does not care how you feel. You just, he just wants us to do what he says because if we do what he says, he'll make us feel better later. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? That is not to say that God does not care about you. No, that's not what I said. That is not to say that God is not concerned about your emotional disposition or your sensationalism predisposition. No, it is simply to say God says, I made you. So what is the creation doing telling the creator what they going to do and what they not going to do? Submission is the mission. Let me prove it to your parents. If your seven-year-old gets to tell you what they're going to do and what they're not going to do, I'm just curious as to how you respond. Open-ended question. It's rhetorical. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say submission is the mission. So in other words, sub, under, mission. I get under the mission, and then the mission is what I do. So look at the scripture, John 5 and 30. Jesus said, I do what I'm told, and that's it. My feelings about what I'm told are irrelevant because my feelings told me I wanted Chinese food yesterday. But my feelings are so fickle, they changed and wanted barbecue today. And my feelings are so fickle, you, okay, I'm going to get the ladies. I'm going to get every woman up in here, and then I'm going to come to the fellas. I'm an equal opportunity rebuker. Ladies. That pile of clothes you left at home, at home this morning. Now, that may not be every lady because you're ladies of excellence. But for those of you still working on it, you pull out this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, this shirt. This shirt. I don't know what I want to wear. I don't know what I want to wear. You know what drove that? Your feelings did. And your feelings made a big mess that you got to go home and clean up. It's quiet in here. Your feelings made your mouth say something that it really didn't have nothing to back up. Your feelings made you tell somebody you liked a lot that you loved them. Your feelings, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Your feelings made you act a fool with somebody you should have honored and respected. Your feelings made you mouth off at your boss. Your feelings, y'all not going to say nothing to me tonight. Y'all don't like this, huh? Your feelings did that to you, and you cannot trust something as fickle as your feelings. Can I get you a confession? It's some Sundays. I didn't want to walk in here and speak in a tongue that everybody understands. Set the mic down and walk out. Not lately. Depending on your definition of lately. Don't you judge me with that tone of voice. I don't submit to you. You're out of order. Tone of voice. I meant tone of face. Some of your facial tones, your cheekbones is moving too much for me. Here's the deal. But my feelings have to be in check. It's some time. Some folk that said some stuff to me out in the vestibule. (laughs) 
And I'm on. What? Y'all back up. Stand down. Now, this is between me and them. Because they apparently don't understand who they're talking to. I ain't their mama. But my feelings say, uh, but, but the word says, love God, love people, and love life. It's somebody in the last few days on the, you were on the customer service line and you just, they, they were kept to, and you just wanted to tell them some tongues that didn't need no interpretation. But you pulled your feelings in and said, no, that's not what I do. So I'm trying to get you to understand the principle here is that what Jesus was saying is that submission is the mission. So I can't be led by my feelings because they change all the time and they're wrong most of the time. In fact, here's what the scripture says about your feelings. Your feelings come from your emotions, emotions, e, let's do the etymological breakdown, etymological breakdown of the word, e out of uh, 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 emotions, out of motion, out of change come your feelings. The thing is, is that change is, uh, while it is permanent, it is also temporary. Change is permanent because it's always going to happen, but it's temporary because that specific change is only happening for that specific moment in time. You didn't hear what I just said. Uh, and so now change now gives us this very paradoxical uh, illustration, if you will, because while it is temporary, it is also very present. Uh, but now watch this. The scripture says in Jeremiah that the heart, which is where your emotions come from, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, mind, thought, will, and emotion, that makes up your what? Your soul. So the scripture tells us now, so your mind is part of that, right? Right? So the scripture tells us, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart, mind, component of your soul. Look at what it says about your feelings. They're liars. It's real quiet in the church. Now, don't, 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 don't shout me down now. The heart is what? A lion. See, I just stopped. See? It's a liar. Doesn't ever say it's a liar. Your feelings will tell you, I just don't know if I'm good enough. Well, who said that to you? Well, I don't know. I, okay, then, what are you talking about? It's quiet in here. Your mind is a liar. Scripture. And it is, watch this, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, I know, I know, I know some of y'all, you're, you're having a, a bit of, 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 of a trouble uh, uh, getting this because we're thinking, well, no, I just go off of what I feel. And my question is, how's that worked out? That feeling got that $800 a month car note? Were you fasting and praying every month? That feeling, that feeling made you act crazy with that boss that was nice to you, and now you up the creek without a paddle because, you, because your feelings made you run your mouth. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Your feelings had you co-signing on everybody else's stuff, and now you stuck with the bill. Y'all not saying nothing to me. So we can't be driven by them because they change. And the one thing that's true about them is they always going to change. All right, so question, do your life system say that he's first? As Christians, we have three main, did we, did we understand this whole thing about, okay. All right, do your life system say that he's first? Christians, we have three main structures found in Matthew 22. And from those structures, we then create systems. Say structure, structure. then systems. 
All right, great. So love God, love people, love life. Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Read it in your own time. Those, that's the structure that the word of God gives us. That's how we're to live our lives. Those three principles, in fact, we loved them so much, we trademarked them. Uh, got it? All right. First one is? Love God. All right. Second one is? Uh-huh. Third one is? All right, so I gave you this structure that produces these systems. So love God, love people, love life produces these systems. The first system was thirst. God should get our thirst. That's our prayer. That's our fasting. That's our worship. He, he's owed that. Amen. Amen. And what a wonderful job tonight, Harvest. We caught it that he's owed that. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, you're getting it. The, the second system that he gets is our time. That's church attendance. So we make our lives fit church, not fit church into our life. If Jesus went to church, you got to go to church. If Jesus served, you have to serve. It's just that simple. Third system is he gets our treasure, which is our giving. Taught on that extensively before and even in this series. And the, and the, the, the next system he gets is our talent. And we've already, I've already alluded to that, serving with excellence. Since he gave us his life, what makes us think ours is more important than his? Okay, all right, and, and so uh, Jeremiah 48.10, I gave this to you on, on Sunday. I'm going to give it to you again, but I'm going to read it Amplified. Amplified says, cursed be, who, be he excuse me, who does the work of the Lord negligently with slackness and deceitfully, and cursed be he who keeps his sword back from blood and executing judgment pronounced by the Lord. That just means in doing what the Lord had directed to be done. All right. So that word deceitfully there, it means lazily. And uh, in our culture, we could call that lacking excellence. Cursed is he who serves but doesn't serve with excellence. But then also cursed is he who doesn't even serve. Now, in case you're wondering, what does that mean? A curse is an empowerment to fail. Now, consider the blessing is an empowerment to prosper, which means to do well, to be made whole. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. The curse then is the antithesis of that, which says everything's going to be lacking. Everything's going to be missing. Nothing's ever going to be well. It is an empowerment to never be whole. Do you understand this? Now, I know we live in a generation people say, well, I just don't believe that. Again, see, then we, you, you missed the point we were just at. Your belief about it is, is irrelevant to what it says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, you don't have to believe uh, in gravity. And I've told you this a million times. You know, we encourage you uh, on that building over there, not this one here. On that building over there, you can get up there and you can climb up there and you can jump off and you can see whether or not your belief in it changes its reality. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Just like you can say stuff about people. I just, I don't believe, I just don't believe so-and-so would do me like that. Well, 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 well. Your belief about them and what they are are two different things. Won't they learn you? Learn is a southern uh, a colloquialism, which means show, demonstrate, teach. Third hinge, I got to move. Uh, you must believe God believes in you. Say, God, God believes in me. So the first hinge, we're talking about this imagery of systems. And the structure is the sum total of your systems. And our systems are small things, but they make a big difference. So the first hinge on our door, if you will, if you can imagine a door here. The first hinge was what? Big door, swing on small hinges. So I need to know that. So I'm not saying, why doesn't this door work? Well, check the hinges before you knock the door down. Okay. Maybe there are some opportunities that God could open up for you if your system was right. It's real quiet in here. All right. But then the second hinge is, I must believe in God. But then the third hinge is, I must believe he believes in me. Say, I choose to believe that God 
believes in me. So hear me, Harvest. Success in life is not simply the accumulation of your stuff. Because you can have stuff and not be successful. It is doing the will of him who sent you. Let's go again to Jesus. John 6 and the 38. It says, for I have come down from heaven. Touch your neighbor say, what a coincidence. That's where I'm from. Now, just so I can clarify my jovial remark, there is no word coincidence that appears in the Hebrew writing. So there is no such thing as that, according to Hebrew writings. But I'll explain it in a minute. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Say, I'm sent here. So let me go ahead and flip your script so that you stop making stupid decisions. Can I do that real quick? Okay, all right. See, all the arrogant people are like, I don't make stupid decisions. Really? Okay, all right, good. Well, you just made one. You're prideful. Now, we've all, from the pulpit to the pew, from the window to the wall, <laughs> we've all made some bad decisions. Come on here. Tell your neighbor, say, you too. Tell that other neighbor, say, I've made some stupid decisions. All right, so let's just own that. Don't sit up in here and act like you ain't done nothing wrong. And don't sit up here and act like every decision you've made, oh, I was just in the Holy Ghost. No, you was in the Holy Mess. You had to guess, not the ghost. That was... Touch your neighbor say, own it. Just own it. It's some stuff you shouldn't have done. Just own it. Stop blaming others. Well, if so-and-so, no, deal with you. You let them live with you. you Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You let them get in your heart. You, no, stop. touch your neighbor. Say, I only got one amen section. That's all right. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, stop blaming them. Look at yourself. Just own that. Just own it. Can I tell you, uh, through the years as a pastor, this month, 17 years of vocational ministry. Won't he keep you? If you keep your mind stayed on it, won't he keep you? It's actually a little bit longer, but that's the official day I count. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. I've discovered that the people that are most jacked up resist help. I've had people go, Bishop, just tell me about so and so. Then I tell them, like, oh, I, you know, I don't know. I think I'm leaving. Well, don't threaten me with a good time. I got one less headache now. Don't, don't act like you hurt my feelings. Bye. I got the spirit of Beyonce in that one instance for that one thing. I'll find another you in a minute. Matter of fact, they already here. Your stuff is in that box to the left. That's what it is. I mean, facetious. Now, I'm being jovial. I'm being jovial. I love harvesters and thank God for them. Now, here's my point. Is that I've had people, you know, and I'd be like, you know, look at this. And they'll fight me. Like, they'll resist and fight. Like, no, that's not what it is. And I'm like, okay. Well, then, if you don't, listen. I said, since my words aren't valuable to you, I don't have nothing else to say to you. Since you got it all figured out, I, I, guess, I guess since you had it figured out so much, that's why the Lord put you in charge. Oh, he didn't, but that's okay. So, so that's okay. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So since you can't get the basic understanding, that's cool. That's cool. You do you. But, but I'm not going to sit here and try to help you, and you won't even receive that you could be wrong. Touch the neighbor. Say, it was not them. It was probably you. Now, I just need to know before I keep on going, because I can start right here. Is there anybody in here that can own that there's some stuff that went down in their lives that wasn't nobody else? It was you. Can there, is there anybody that will own that? 
right, awesome. Thank you. Okay, now, if we can do that, we can move on. But as long, because watch this, your neighbor's like, well, I can't really do that because so-and-so hurt me. But here's what you need to understand. God already told you what to do up front. Guard your heart above all things from out of it flow the issues of life, which means if, if you let them do that to you, check it out. You let them do that. You let them do that to Y'all not hearing it. You let them do y'all not saying nothing to me. You let them do that. You let them do which let is an adverb, which means it's an action, which means I could have blocked it. Yes, I could have. I could have chose to forgive them in advance. So before they ever wronged me. Are you still here? Now you gotta own that there's some stuff. Okay, we got to own that because a lot of Christians like the devil. No, the devil didn't sign for that. You did. The devil didn't speed on ice. You did. But God said, I sent that one. You ain't taking them out like that. The devil didn't lay down with dogs. But didn't he still keep you? I, okay, now only the real folk can shout right here. Ain't it some stuff you done where you like, how in the heaven? But didn't the Lord cover you? Oh, he'll cover you. I'm, I'm here to tell you. He'll cover you and he'll keep you when you don't even know that you need to be kept. Touch your neighbor say, I know he will. So watch this now. If we own that, then we can actually become epic. <laughs> John 6.38. John 6.38, because I, I need us to own that. All right, John 6.38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Now, I gave you this in part one. Say, I'm sent from heaven. How do you know that, Bishop? Jeremiah chapter 1, just write it down, study it in your own personal time. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means before there was ever a physical manifestation of you, you, not the body you wear. This is a suit. This is a body. Got it? Now, God says, I gave you that body to manage. Be a it ain't your body. This is my body. No, it's not. You're a steward over it. Which means when he gets it back, he expects it to be better than what he gave it to you. Just FYI. And we all just need to know that. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Now, before I form you, so you are a spirit. That's the real you. That has a soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions that lives in a physical body. This is a suit. So your spirit, watch this, can jump suits. Theoretically speaking. Bishop, what do you mean? Well, Elijah was taken up to heaven alive. But Elijah, the man, didn't return. Elijah, the spirit, returned through John the Baptist. The real Elijah jumped suits. Okay, y'all said I could teach you like you were Bible college. Y'all should have known. Okay, okay, let's go back up here. Come on, let's go back to the kiddie pool. Now, let's, go, let's come on back up here. Here we go. That's okay. That's fine. That's, I, I know how to work it. That's cool. We'll do it. Now, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Knew there has an intimate connotation. I was, you were with me. We were together. That's why a few minutes ago when we were worshiping, something broke in you. Because your spirit remembered 
your spirit remembered when it was in heaven with him. And that's why worship is so powerful. That's why if you can be on time, be on time uh, because you need the worship because your worship is when you reconnect to when you knew him before you got a body. Because when you got a body, now you're born into sin. But your spirit, oh no, it is perfect because it was with him and it's like him. And when you're born again, your spirit is born again, not your flesh, not the suit. Y'all remember Ninja Turtles, the cartoon? Anybody? The cartoon, not, not this newfangled. Anyway, yeah, it's a whole other message. But here's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? I mean, I was on my phone the majority of the movie. And then when it looked like it was over, I said, okay, I'm leaving. I got up and just walked and said, it's time to go. Time to go get some handling some business because I don't know what this is. That is not April O'Neil. <laughs> and he's way too high tech to be shredded. Where, where is this? That's too much. That's my own personal view. You have your own personal view. <laughs> now, y'all remember the cartoon, though, where they had the Technodrome under Earth? Come on, no, no, I've never watched cartoons. Yes, you did. Flipping through the channel, having your corn pops on Saturday morning. Yes, you did. Now, y'all remember the Technodrome was under Earth? But remember the big dude, Crane? And how he was a brain in the middle right here. And he controlled the body. You missed it. This is a suit you wear. This ain't you. You're the crane controlling. Bishop, why is it important to understand that? Watch this. Because when your spirit was sent to earth... Regardless of how the circumstances you got here, you got here. Because God said, I'm sending you now. Because in 2014, there is something I need you to do. And while I could send anybody, I don't need you. Don't get it twisted. I want you. And I want to send you because you have a divine assignment and so before I formed you in your mother's womb I decided it was time they're excellent back there just show them for those that never watch cartoons show it to them see I mean they own it ain't they own it great okay here we are here we are here we are touch your neighbor and say God could have sent anybody but he chose you which tells me something about you Look at the other one. Say, I know what it is. He must believe in you. What does it say about you? That Elohim who could have sent anybody said, not you, 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 but you, but you, but you. I will shoot, slap yourself on the chest and say, but me. Baby, you are not an accident. You are not a failure. You are not a mistake. You were sent by God Almighty. And if you believe that, shout in this house. Be seated. I got to finish this. I don't care what your mama told you. I don't care what your daddy told you. Matter of fact, I need to tell somebody this tonight. I don't know who this is for. See, the atmosphere is right. He can flow like this here. I don't know who this is for. 
But you've been talking your whole life about how your father wasn't there and this wasn't there. And I need to tell you something. God was protecting you. Because God said, I don't have time for you to be jacked up your whole life. So I know if I let them raise you, you're going to re reproduce that. So what I'm doing is blocking and stopping because I'm not trying to reproduce. Come here, Abraham. You are the brand new thing I want to do in your bloodline. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has it entered into the heart. Doesn't it say he's protecting you? Now, watch this. You're sent here on a mission. Isn't it exciting? We're visitors from heaven in a foreign land. Sent here to, now I got to go kingdom, to colonize. Jesus was born. Can I teach you like your Bible college? Jesus was born during the time of Roman rule. This is significant because up until that point, the Jews, the Hebrew people, had been conquered. Uh, Judah conquered by Babylon and then the Persians and then, uh, and then it goes on and on and on. And then the Greeks and then eventually the Romans. And what's interesting about the Romans is the Romans had a different philosophy of conquering people. What the Babylonians would do is they say, we conquered you Jews. Now we're displacing you from Jerusalem and displacing you from Israel, which would have been North Africa uh, up until approximately World War II or so. We're displacing you from there and we are bringing you to Babylon. And you will learn our culture from here. So that's why Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was their Babylonian names. That was not their Hebrew names. But if I want to change your culture, I need to change your name. So every time somebody says your name, they are announcing a new culture. But the Romans did it different. Can I teach you like your harvest publican? The Romans did it different because the Romans said, we're not doing that. We want to rule the world, the Roman says. And so the, and, and, they, and, and for the known world that they had, they were fairly successful at this and things went a little off. But watch this. They were a little wild. That Greco-Roman, they were a little wild. They did some wild stuff. But here's what they said. Touch your neighbor says, it's about to get good. Watch this. Here's what the Romans said. We want to rule the world. So to rule the world, it's ineffective for us to take you here. To learn you of how we do things. Remember when I use learn, I'm using it in a southern style, which means to teach. It's like a southern style chicken sandwich. Southern style biscuits, they're different from grands and the little pop thing. Different. Okay, so just so you understand my vernacular and the nomenclature in which we use in tonight's postulation of the holy sacred writ. Watch. The Romans said, we want to rule the world. The whole thing. So it's more effective for us, watch this, to teach people in Rome how to colonize you there in Israel so that Israel looks like Rome, although you've never been to Rome. So they would raise up leaders, come on here, and they would raise up people that they would send out from Rome to go and conquer other people groups 
and then colonize those areas so that with those people never having been to Rome, it looked like Rome. Hence the phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Which means God sent you from heaven. Because God says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I want the whole thing. And so it's better for me to send you from heaven down there to them to make earth look like. Which means stop packing your bags to try to die to get up out of here. You got to live so that over there can come down here. And that harvest is called the kingdom. Be seated. Did you get that? So you're on an assignment, and it's exciting. It's a mission. That's why you can't get caught up acting like you're just here to pay bills. That's why you can't get caught up with drama and gossip and all that. Because God says, what does that have to do with the mission? Luke 17, 21. Neither would say, see here, see there. There's the kingdom of God, for indeed, it's in you. Why? Because the scripture says he's placed, uh, the Greek there, heaven inside of you. It's in you. Which means we are manifesting heaven everywhere we go. Which is why some of you say, why I keep getting put in these messed up situations? Because hell needs heaven to come. Well, the only way heaven going to break out, if the people that's full of heaven can step into hell and say, hell no, not again. Literally, hell, no. Hell is a noun. Person, place, thing, or idea. Touch your neighbor. Say, you're the atmosphere changer. That's why I stop complaining. But people don't act the same when I come around. Good! That means it's working. My family don't treat me the same way. Good! That means it's working. My friends don't treat me the way. Wonderful! That means it's working. You're actually... Changing the atmosphere. You still here? So watch this. I gotta finish. I'm. No, I got five minutes. I didn't get to the new stuff. <laughs> Knowing why you're here, say I'm on a mission. You were sent here. This is a body. Think of like going to outer space. They put them big suits on. That's your body. And then they're in the suit. That's your spirit. Got it. Got it. And, 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 and they're in this, and they're there to explore and to colonize and to build space stations. And you're on a mission. Say, I'm on a mission. So tomorrow when somebody comes to you with some gossip, you can say, uh-uh. That don't have nothing to do with my mission. <laughs> When you want to cry over that bill because you're like, I don't know this, I don't know that. You can say, oh no, I'm on a mission. And last I checked, the home country is responsible. Touch your name say, I'm on a mission. Okay, all right, I got to move, I got to move, I got to move. So knowing why you're here creates systems that support why you're here. Now, I had you do this on Sunday. I want you to go and say, say I know why I'm here. Say it like you believe it. Yeah, now, see, there's a difference. I don't know why I'm here. No. You don't know nothing. Say it like you know it. I know why I'm here. 
It's the difference between somebody guessing and somebody knowing. When you know, your no intimidates other people's guess. And that's why some folks, you just think you all that. You know why they say that to you? Because you know and they still guessing. And when you know, your no intimidates the guessers. Don't you apologize for knowing. You ought to say, you ought to apologize to me for coming up into me with your guess. Now, that don't mean be arrogant. That's what I'm saying. Don't be arrogant. It just means I know that my no probably intimidates you because you used to be around zeros that don't know. But I know. Jesus said, for this reason, I feel like preaching right here. Have I been sent? I know what I'm here for. And I'm, I'm sorry I can't go with you everywhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you get mad because I don't want to hang out with you because you ain't talking about nothing, ain't doing nothing, ain't going nowhere. But I know why I'm here. Then Simon Peter, John 18, 10. I got to finish. Goodness. Good God Almighty. Having a sword, Jordan instructed the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword away. Here's the part I want you to see. Shall I not drink the cup which my father's given me? Leave that verse up for just a moment. Here's what he was saying. Shall I not do what I was told? In essence, he was saying, Peter, here you are a second time tempting me to disobedience, taking the easy way. Easy does not mean right. And as long as you keep dealing with the easy, see, you know what, let me, t- let me tell you something. See, for many of you, the reason you never confront stuff is because it's easy to be dysfunctional. It's easy to walk around with an attitude rather than say, you know what, I'm acting like a baby. And so will you forgive me because that hurt me. See, that's easy to say, oh, the Lord shifted my seat. He ain't shifted none. You ain't talked to God. He don't even talk to you. What are you talking about? Read your Bible. But it's easy to say that. Then they just say, you know what? Hey, uh, 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 I know that's easier, but that's not right. It's easier to blow up on people than to have a conversation with people. It's quiet up in here. Okay? It's easier to say, you know what? I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand. So I'm just not going to do nothing. You, Okay. Stretch your hands. Stretch your, y'all stretch your hands towards me right now. Amen. Amen. Say touch. Amen. So it's easier, folks. Woo. It's easier, Paul was saying, to behave like a child than it is to choose to be a man or to be a woman. Now, here's the point I need you to get because I got I to get you to the systems overhaul. Y'all okay tonight? Yes, All right, check this out. Jesus could have gotten out of Calvary. That was a perfect opportunity. Put the verse up. Put the verse up. John 18, 11. Thank you. Peter cuts his ear. Ah, oh, man, you cut my ear. I can't believe you cut my ear. Peter like, you shouldn't have been messing with Jesus, man. You shouldn't have been messing with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was like, I always want to fight. God, dog. Why Sit down somewhere. Oh, ain't it always a fight? Want to hurt somebody? Hurt yourself, boy. Go over there. And <laughs> that would have been a perfect opportunity for Jesus. I did this in thinking the second experience to do what? To run and say, you know what? I got my way out. See, because truth be told, your lazy flesh always wants a way out. Rather than, r- rather than deal with it, I'll just run from it. 
Oh, y'all didn't say nothing right there, so I can see that's something I got to handle right there. Gonna work that like a part-time job, Saturdays from one to noon. One to noon. That don't even add up. How you work from one? One in the morning, one in the morning. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Call it, call it. Won't he redeem you? Yes, I did. One in the morning to noon. <laughs> y'all here? Now, watch this. Watch this. Jesus had a way out. He could have been like, let's go, let's go. Come on, Thomas, let's go. Let's go. They ain't finna get me. I'm king of kings. I'm lord of lords. They ain't finna get me. They must not know about me. They don't know nothing. Handle that, Peter. Hand, handle that. Now, you handle that, I'm going to handle you. But this wasn't the first time Jesus could have got out. They tempted him and said, you can call the legion of angels if you're God. He said, what you don't even know is... My system is built to where I know I'm here to die for the sins of the world. And while your arrogance is really tempting me, I don't have to involve and engage that because that has nothing to do with why I'm here. So you know what Jesus said? Put your sword away. And in fact, one of the gospels records and even suggests that Jesus like, give me your ear. Come here. Now, go and take me. But he was like, go and fix it. Peter, you know, Peter. He, Jesus could have ran. He could have not died. He could have done what was easy. But easy wasn't right. And easy wasn't why he was sent. And easy, what, see, watch this. Jesus was God's comeback plan for the world. So he said, I'm the comeback plan for the world. And so if I don't come back, watch this. Come here. Let me borrow a series, a couple series. If I don't bounce back right. They're going to die. So me bouncing back becomes the first fruit for them. So y'all not hearing what I'm saying? You, you spiritual, but you know a neighbor. They ain't even here. They're so selfless. They don't consider that it's other folk that need to see them. Because the only Bible they're going to read is you. And they need to see you handle correction. They need to see you handle being through a valley. They need to see you handle it so they can see how to bounce back. His death wasn't a failure. It was a success. Because he knew he was here to die so that we could live. So you know what he did? He changed his what? System. He had tons of times out. He knew Judas was still in. He could have just said, Judas, come here, die. Oh, fix that problem. He could have done that, right? He's God. I'm, uh, uh, omnipotent. Omni. Everywhere. Power. Potent. Potency. He's got all power. He could have just, you know, could have killed everybody. You know, he could have said, you know what? On second thought, just let them all die and go to hell. I don't really feel like this today. I don't really feel like doing what I'm sent here to do because it's about me. You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, no. I was sent so that they, they meaning the world, could live. So I need to change my system and create systems that support why I'm here. Now, let me give you the real practical, pragmatic application of this, and, and we're going to get to it. There's only, there's only three things. A, B, C. You ready? Say, I need a systems overhaul. Watch, this is going to be so practical. I know there's no Hebrew or Greek in what I'm getting ready to say. There's, no, there's nothing deep about what I'm getting ready to say, but except for maybe C. A and B are going to be pretty simple. You ready? Say, I need, I need 
He's going to say, I don't believe you. Say, I need, I need a, systems overhaul. a systems overhaul. Now, this isn't to say that everything you're doing in terms of the systems of your life is wrong. It's simply saying that it was only good enough to get you to where you are. So for you to do anything further than where you are, you're going to have to change your system. Your life was perfectly set up to get you what you have. So if you got messed up relationships, your system gave you that. If you got messed up money, your system gave you that. Now, that's not to say there's not demonic attacks and all that kind of stuff. But more often than not, that's you, not, not, not some spiritual force. The devil wanted you to take that $200 credit card. And Satan entered you and filled you and said, sign for it. You wanted them shoes, and you decided that you did, was just going to get you them shoes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I need a systems overhaul. Number one, ABC, automate what's important. Automate what's important. Practical, pragmatic. You're going to be able to do it tonight. Amen. Automate what's important. Bishop, what do you mean automate what's important? If it's important to you, then treat it like it is. Bishop, what do you mean? Automate it. Make it so that you're not depending upon your memory to do it. Bishop, what do you mean? You can automate bills to be paid. Rather than needing to fast and pray for them to take the late fee off, just automate its payment. Okay? Do you know that there are companies, I cannot call them, won't call them names, can't call them names, what have you. Uh, There are companies that, watch this, I I just don't have time. No, yes, you do. Bill Gates has the same 24 hours you do. How does he get everything done? Oprah has the same 24 hours you do. How how does she get everything done? But they got a whole team. But, But before they had a team... Do you know there, there are companies that will deliver your groceries to you for a low, low delivery fee between 2 and $5, depending on the zip code and delivery time? $5 to deliver. Listen, that's less than the gas it's going to take you to drive there and back. And say, I know y'all want to, come on, what did thus saith the Lord? Thus saith the Lord, write this here. <laughs> okay, you can, you can have, say, automate it. So then rather than you saying, oh, I got to go home, oh, and I got to go home, and I got to go cook for my kid. Well, you made them, so you need to not be upset you got to cook for them. You knew you was going to have to feed them. You knew you going to have to clothe them. I'm saying, hey, that, ain't nobody, that ain't my fault because you wanted to make all them children. That is you. So you change your system. I ain't changing mine. It, you better say something to me. The saints of God, sometimes, you know, we just have to be reminded of things we do. All right, now, here, here's the point. Bishop, what do you mean? So, because sometimes, especially if you're a single parent, guess what? I understand. I had a single mother who did a phenomenal, phenomenal, absolutely incredible job. Took two fish and five loaves of bread, and the rest is in my next book, which I'll write at some point in the future. I don't want to write no more books right now. <laughs> now, here's the point. Uh, rather than, I got to go home, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. Automate your grocery delivery. So that when you get off work, the delivery man is there at your house. So you can run the groceries in, take the groceries in, boom, unpack the groceries. Now it's 10 minutes versus an hour and a half. And watch this, you're going to spend less because now you're not walking down every aisle. Because a lot of that stuff you throw in there, it's like, oh, that looks nice. Get up. <laughs> I'm just gonna, can I mess with the ladies for just a moment, fellas? No, just, uh, I've been messing with them. Uh, ladies, ooh, that so looks nice. I ain't never had one of them. I, I want to just try one of them. Mm, that looks good. That has nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Say automate what's important. Okay, so, 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 so use apps to help you ease some of the things in your life. Automate it. 
automated. Okay, um, um, I, I have challenged myself to personally find a way to automate as many systems as I possibly can um, so that things are, things are done and things are done in a way to where it's automated. Use calendars. Now, listen, if you have a phone, use the features on the phone. You paid $400 for that thing. And you send it to me, I need a daytimer. Well, now, what you spend the money on the phone for if you need a daytimer, too? All right, all right. All right, all right. Use notes now and use digital notes. Many people even here tonight are taking digital notes. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's something that you can do. Automate your giving. In fact, many harvesters now, the a great majority of harvesters give online. That's all. Amen. Also, automate for the unexpected because we often like to act like we're surprised about stuff. The truth be told, we really could have calculated for it front. So when somebody tells you, you know, the meeting's, you, the, uh, the, the, the meeting's going to be 30 minutes, well, just say, you know what, probably going to be an hour. So let me just plan for an hour versus 30 minutes. Does that make sense? You can automate those kinds of things, all right? If I say automate. Automate, automate what's important. B, behave honorably. We're talking about changing your systems. Oh, I have three, so it's real simple so that you can put it in practice. Behave honorably. As Christians, we should be people of honor. One of our core values as a church is that we honor God, we honor our leader, in this context it would be every leader, and one another. Say, I'm a person of honor. The enemy to honor is pride, and prideful people always lose. The Bible makes prideful people a promise that they would fall. Pride comes before a fall. Got it? So there's a promise there. So what is pride? Pride is an unchecked ego. Pride says, me, myself, and I. But in the context of it's always right. Does this make sense? All right. Honor always wins. Say honor. honor. Always, wins. always wins. Dishonor, I've talked on this extensively before, is a gateway to a negative season in life. Behave honorably. All right. So as Christian people behave, behave, behave honorably. That's what we should do. Now, do we always do that? Well, we got to change our system. All right. Bishop, what do you mean behave honorably? Let me just make it real simple for you in pragmatic practice. Don't ever side nor agree with someone who's dishonorable. Amen. So if, if you have a coworker who is disrespecting the boss, don't say, well, just hear them out. They're not to be heard out. Amen. No, you don't do that. What you say is you need to go talk to them because I'm not going to participate in your dishonor. Why? Proverbs 26, 11, only a dog returns to eat their own vomit just as a fool repeats their foolishness. Whatever you honor will honor you. Got it? That's a spiritual principle. It's a biblical principle. So we honor leadership in all contexts. So that's one of the things like even something, one of the things that really, you know, just kind of just is, is in our culture. So it tells us how dishonorable we become. One of the things, regardless of your politics, is that he, his name is President Obama. Not Obama and not Barack. Y'all ain't buddies. And if you were, there's a time and a place. And this is neither. This is what are you trying to say? So what it reflects is a lack of honor. Well, I didn't vote for him. You didn't have to. Now, I'm not just talking about him. I, I, it's not Democratic, not Republican, it's not black, it's not white. It's just an honor principle. Got it? Does this make sense, everybody? All right. So it's about acting honorably in all situations. So we honor everybody. Touch your neighbor and say, I honor you. Just simply means respect you. I respect you. All right? I respect you. All right? Now, uh, 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 final thing, calibrate. So, A, B, C. A, automate what's important. B, behave 
honorably. C, calibrate your daily culture. And I got to be done, right? Yeah. To calibrate your culture, we talked about this when we started this series, Epic. Establish and follow some core values. Now, I'm not going to ask you how many actually did that because it's, you know, it's, it's not designed to produce anything other than action in our lives. Uh, one of the things I do, this is just something I do, and you, you can do what you like to do. All of the values that are important to me, I place in places that are very prominent so that I see them. So, and I'm t- I think I told you before. So, above my, above my, uh, my heater or my, my little, you know, the little thermostat. I don't know why I can't ever call it what it is. Above my thermostat, I have reminders. Excellence is an, an important value to me. So I remind myself. I have sayings all around that remind me of that. I, every place I go, on my desk in my office, I have copies of our core values as a church and our serving leadership values because those values in me are one because those values dictate my systems because those values are from his holy word. Got it? So I remind myself of what those values are. So what are the values of your life? And some people, I just got them in my head. And exactly, that's why they get to change every two months. It's not established. See, when it's established, then you have to follow it. Got it? So, so core values are non-negotiable principles that define who you are and why you are that way. So the culture you tolerate is the culture, tolerate, excuse me, is the culture you perpetuate in your life. So we, we got to calibrate that culture, which means we got to set it. We got to put it in order. Everybody say, put it in order. order. So those values, that's the real you. 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 So you got to establish those values so you calibrate the culture of your life. Let me prove it to you. How many of you have friends? Uh, and, and their belief about God is that they don't have to come to the church. They just don't believe they have to. Okay, you see? Now, how many of you can, we can, we can, we can, we can read what's on the screens? Amen. I'm attending. We can read what's the screens. Okay. Now, we can read that Jesus went to church, and we can read that the Bible says, Hebrews 10, 26, that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves, especially all the more we see the day approaching, which means we should go to church. You understand that? Everybody got that? All right. But see, their culture is such that they don't think that. So you saying to them, well, this is what I do, is like speaking French to them. They're like, huh? What to say? Okay, they don't understand it because the culture is different. Say culture. culture. Uh, how many of you, uh, you, you know, um, uh, tipping uh, a waiter or a server at a restaurant, that's something you do? Okay? All right, when the service is good, amen. Amen. By its nature, gratis, gratuitous, extra. This means I didn't eat that, so I'm, this is extra. <laughs> now, you're going to have to earn it. Now, you may have a Some people have a culture that says you tip whether the service is good or bad. Some people have a culture that says you need to earn the tip. Some people have a culture where they could be the best waiter and they're going to give $2 for a $100 thing. <laughs> Say culture. culture. So, but you have to establish values. And so... Many times, if we, we got to get this principle, if we stand for nothing, we fall for everything. So you have to have values in place. And I talk a lot about that because that's, that's the real difference changer. I've watched people sit up, receive revelation, receive the word, receive Hebrew, receive Greek, receive kingdom, receive all that, but they never changed their culture. So all they were was they, they had a lot of head knowledge, and that was the extent of it. They knew a lot. But it didn't produce a lot of fruit in their lives because they never created values or systems to support that belief. Does that make sense? 
right? How many people, and I, and I do this, and this is, and then I'm through because I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. Uh, how many people, it would be okay if you became a millionaire? You wouldn't be mad about that. Amen. Okay. So you know what I'm going to say next, right? So now how many of you have four United States bank accounts? Okay. Now, you see all the hands that were just up? Say so you wouldn't mind being a millionaire? But then you see all the hands that were up for the four accounts? Now, here's the deal. You didn't create a system to support what you say you'd want. I got five amens. I counted them. No, I counted them. It was like, amen, amen. It's like bounce over here, over here, over there, back in the back. Bishop, what do you mean? If your bank accounts are only insured by FDIC to $250,000 in account, a millionaire, I'm, I'm assuming you meant liquid, not just in assets. So based on that assumption, uh, and shall we say presumption, I'm sure if something happened to that bank, you'd want all your money. So, why do you only have one account? Your faith is not even sending that message to the atmosphere. Your faith says, no, the ceiling would be 250. Because you're not even producing a system that's conducive with what you say you want. Now, I'm not saying be materialistic. What I'm trying to do is paint a picture of the systems. Now, A, what is it? Automate what's important. B, behave honorably. C, calibrate your culture. That's the pragmatic application of this teaching of systems. Automate what's important. Does it make sense? That way you don't have to, oh, shoot, I forgot to do this. How do you forget every week? Like you don't know it's coming. Come on, let's be honest. Okay, now let's tell, let's, cause let's just have a good laugh and, and then we're done. In fact, I'm not even going to have you stand up. I'm going to have you stay here. Um, how, how many you, you ever got an NSF fee in your bank account? Just wait, let me finish. On your bank account. And the reason you got the NSF fee on the bank account is because you were trying to remember what you paid and didn't pay? Come on. Don't see. Look at the, oh, I've never done that. <laughs> and so now your $10 pizza cost you $50. I hope it was good. Lay your hands on yourself. I want you to make these declarations. I am created by God to be epic. I am created by God and sent here on an assignment. Father, please forgive me for getting distracted with other things that have nothing to do with my assignment. I declare that my systems are going to reflect my beliefs. I'm structured to succeed. I'm structured to win. In Jesus' name. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.